It's Talking Football with Vince Tracy and Rob Daniels. So I'm going to wish everybody a very good morning and you'll probably notice I'm putting on an accent today. It is, of course, St. Patrick's Day. And before anybody jumps down my throat and tells me that it's not politically correct to put on an Irish accent, I've been doing it all my life because my family comes from that country. So there you are. So uh, without any further ado, um, I'm going to tell you today... In fact, I'll drop the accent now. Uh, We have got a dreadful day. It's grey. It's windy. It's been raining during the night. It is, frankly, what I would describe as horrible. I'll get in the car and we'll go across the mountain range, drive for about an hour. And uh, is it any better down at Playa San Juan? Rob Andrew, <laughs> Rob Andrews, <laughs> we've just promoted you to a rugby fly half. Rob Daniels, is your weather any better down there today? Oh, my God, I mean, it's happy uh, St. Patrick. Um, the weather down here is absolutely dreadful as well. We've had some extremely... Um, Unusual weather, basically, but it's 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 just raining cats and dogs at the moment. And uh, yeah, happy St Patrick's Day to everybody who is celebrating St Patrick's. Okay, before we start, we'll obviously make a comment that uh, um, we know that the football should and always will come second to the suffering of people uh, like we have in Ukraine. Uh, part of what why we do this now has become even more significant. It is to give some relief to those people that maybe need a break from the realities of a horrible situation in Ukraine. Ukraine. Uh, So uh, please don't think it's a little bit inconsiderate or uh, uncaring, but this is what we do. We talk football with Rob and myself. And in fact, this is where we're going to start today because it's looking at uh, what's happening with Chelsea. It's absolute chaotic uh, because, for example, I'm looking at the uh, newspaper reports today and there are pictures of Chelsea fans and the headline reads, Chelsea fans chanting Roman Abramovich um, throw bottles. Now, this is in France now, so, I mean, it's bad enough um, but it's bad enough being anywhere. But, you know, this is supposed to be a Champions League game against Lille. And they're throwing the bottles at the French riot police who respond with tear gas. And this is ahead of the Champions League tie uh, with Lille. I look at the comments underneath and you get a lot of people obviously criticising um, and Really, there's not much you can say other than be critical of people who go to another country and cause trouble. And then uh, with it being an appropriate comment for St. Patrick's Day, there is somebody from Ireland saying, why can't they just do what the Irish do? Turn up to enjoy the occasion and um, have a few drinks and then go and watch the game. I really don't see um there's, there's not nothing really can excuse this and it's not just because it's the ukraine thing you've got people 
use football for this reason all the time. Over to you, Rob. What do you think of all that? It's quite a, um, a serious topic, isn't it, Vince, to be honest? Um, last night, the um, Lille-Chelsea match, uh, Chelsea won it. They they go through because they won uh, one four on aggregate. But um, the violence before and throughout and after the match, the CRS, the uh, French special police, they don't mess about. And they went in hard. Who was at fault? I, I really don't know because it's, it, we we don't know the real reasons behind it, but the French police don't mess about. And it, it sort of spoilt the atmosphere in the match, didn't it, really, for me? And, it, well, that is my take on it. I I don't know exactly what happened, but I know that it was a it was a yeah there was violence involved and it's it brings English football especially into a really bad light again, which we've been trying to get away from for so many years. Well, exactly. When I was on the radio in France in about 1987, I think it was, um, then we we had people phoning up asking me why all the English uh, fans are hooligans, and I'm trying to explain they're not. I've got no, to... we aren't. We we aren't. We aren't, are we, Vince? We aren't. Um, we're not all hooligans, but it, it's the kind of reputation that we've got, unfortunately, um, as a nation. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's the sort of reputation we've got. Okay, reading from the article, um, they asked one of the spectators, uh, supporters, and. Uh, Whatever happens, Roman Abramovich will always be part of Chelsea's history and he will always be remembered for that. This prefaces somebody who says, I've supported Chelsea for 15 years and there are plenty of other Ukrainians who love the club. Diana Atienyofa, uh, 23, lives in Prague and was carrying a Prague Blues Stand With Ukraine sign before the game in Lille. This is to show that we're united with all those campaigning for the war in Ukraine to end. But it does not mean we have all disowned Roman Abramovich. If he's found guilty following a trial, then that's a different matter. But at the moment, this has not happened. And I think that really is a little bit, um, well, you know, uh, reading further down as well as chanting um, his name. Fans also sang obscene chants about Mr. Johnson, whom they blame, uh, this is Boris, of course, for sanctioning the Chelsea owner without trial. Chelsea's Champions League match against Lille was itself threatened with cancellation and um, UEFA later confirmed it would go ahead. Chelsea was named by the EU as one of four associated entities of Mr. Abramovich's uh, that were liable for sanctions. Uh, ruling Tuesday read, Roman Abramovich is a Russian oligarch who has long ha- and close ties to Vladimir Putin. Well, um, obviously, like so many people, I checked my facts before um, I started thinking a bit more deeply about what has actually happened. He made his fortunes in rather a dubious way. And I had read about 10 years ago that, you know, back in Siberia, I think, was where he actually made the money by selling things back to the government uh, where he had the connections. Now, um, uh, you know, this is the sort of shady business stuff that's gone on and is going on 
every single day of the week. And it's because of the corruption at all different levels and in all different parts of different world economies. Uh, we have a situation which people have not stopped uh, trying to deteriorate. I mean, let's be honest about it. Um, talking of double standards, you've got Boris Johnson has gone off to Saudi Arabia uh, on, and on a day when they had 81 people who were executed for various things, um, then we had, um, you, you know, no mention about Uni uh, Newcastle United and the ownership coming from uh, that money. Now, now, that's the problem. It's, the it's a hypocrisy, isn't it, Rob? You you basically summed it all up in, in what you said, Vince. It's it's so corrupt, isn't it, amongst the, the higher echelons of any level of society, but especially when we talk about football. The um, Newcastle United match... Uh, against Chelsea. Saudi Arabia, as we mentioned previously, uh, are committing atrocities in the country next to Arsenal, which is called Yemen. And Boris Johnson goes there as the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom and talks to them about things. But, they, but yeah, but it, uh, it's... it's um, well, all he's after is the price of the oil, isn't it? That's that's exactly, what he's there for. Exactly. It's all. It's all that is. Well, I think it's all down to um, business, and they, they people have power, and people who don't, and we don't, and we talk about football. Okay. Look, we have to talk about the football. So, I'm thinking that uh, the the important thing really is that Chelsea now operate on some sort of special order uh, some special license um, which really then begs the question when and uh, when it rather will be rather than if Chelsea gets sold um, who will get the money that's quite an interesting question now because we're talking they, they were talking about three billion pounds now, if you've got three billion pounds and, uh, you know, you're accusing somebody of using money that came from a, a fraud in another country. I won't say a fraud, actually. I don't think it is a fraud. I think it was just using an opportunity that existed because of connections. Um, so really, I don't really think it's even fraud. I mean, at least you could see that Roman Abramovich liked football. You could see that um, Chelsea has improved. I mean, they became a force in English football. But I remember when I was working with Ondothero uh, and the Spanish radio station, and we had the panel each week, I said numerous times I felt that the money that footballers were, was, were then earning um, was totally immoral. I still, I still think the same. We've got a situation at Liverpool where Mo Salah is he's uh, probably going to leave because he wants more than 300, sorry, yeah, 300,000 um, pounds sterling per week. I mean, what can, the, what can you do with that sort of money? Uh, you could practically run a town or a village. 
you, you could certainly, you know, you could run the likes of a secondary school. It's it's immoral money for one person. I love football. I love watching the, the best players. But this is ridiculous. And I said it would take something of cataclysmic proportion for it to change. And what I foretold is totally right. Now it is cataclysmic. But it's what do the what comes next? That's the worry, Rob. Where would that three where would that three billion go? Would anybody have any idea? What do you think? The Chelsea situation is very complex, Vince. Um they can't sell tickets now to people who already don't have um that who aren't season ticket holders. They're not allowed to do anything, are they? Basically, they basically have all their assets frozen. Um, I don't understand the ins and outs of it, but they're basically ruined, aren't they? Uh, for the time being, Chelsea. As you talk about Mo Salah, um, he is quite likely to go to Barcelona. Barcelona are really interested in um, taking him on, but. As we know, Barcelona have got one of the biggest debts in world football. So how are they going to be able to buy him a player such as Mo Salah and then pay his ways on top of everything else? It is really, um, as, as you predicted many years ago, and I've always agreed with you, it is getting completely out of proportion and things have got to change very quickly because it just isn't sustainable as far as I can see it. Well, to to look at the Salah situation, wouldn't you think? With all right, he's got a football brain, uh, but has he got a brain capacity for anything else? Because he had somebody that was at Liverpool, Coutinho, who's had years in the wilderness uh, from going to Barcelona. Uh, it's profited the football club, of course it has, but uh, as a man, I mean, Coutinho now picking up his form at Aston Villa. Great to see him do that, but um, it's so sad that Salah doesn't learn from this. Uh, Rob, I'm going to move it along a little bit because we're already yep. 15 minutes into this, and okay. we're, we're going to look at um, uh, Simeone, and there was a headline that apparently he'd left his tactics board on the bus when he went to play Manchester United. Now, um, he's managed to go to Liverpool and put Liverpool out of the Champions League. He's done the same to Manchester United. Tell us a bit more about Simeone, if you can. Well, Simeone is, well, um, as we've spoken about before about him many times, he is a bit of a pantomime villain, really, isn't he? Um, when he was a player in the 1998 World Cup final, well, the semi-final against England, he managed to provoke David Beckham into getting that red card. And he's just continued from then. I, he, I've become more accustomed to him. I actually like him. I think he's a great showman. He likes putting on a game of football. And he knows how to get a crowd going. And he's quite happy to sit on a 1-0. Um, as Kieran Trippier, who used to play right back for them until the transfer window, um, he would have been playing last night if he hadn't gone to Newcastle. Um, Simeone likes to provoke the opposition. He likes to get a 1-0 lead or one goal up lead and then provoke the opposition to come and attack his team and see if they can get one in. And if they do, then they'll, Atletico Madrid will try and get another goal in. 
And but that's Manchester United and the first leg were really lucky, weren't they? They got one in about the 95th minute when the Atletico were on the up, but they kept the 1 0 Atletico Madrid and they were provoking Man United and Man United were in complete disarray, weren't they? I mean, they were, they were absolute, they showed that they got nothing as, as far as I'm concerned um, on Ooh. the pitch. And Simeone was milking it like you can't believe. Uh, he, he, I, 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 I really, I think he's a great showman. He's a great showman. He likes putting on um, a good display of football, and he likes his team to win. And I th- I'm a bit disappointed with him in the Liga, but I think they, 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 they're candidates, aren't they? Going, going through. Well, look, I've got to say, I looked at uh, the game, and um, I, I'm not a Manchester United fan in any shape or form but I don't dislike them enough to say that when one of his players one of the Atletico players um, pushed a a Man United player off the ball prior to the build up to the goal um, I think that Manchester United had a genuine cause for complaint because it wasn't I saw it again playing uh, Liverpool and Arsenal yesterday when um, Klopp got absolutely uh, heated when the Portuguese defender for Arsenal pushed uh, Mane over. You know, the, the thing is, it's almost as though people who are given a whistle don't know how to see a push. They don't know what a push is anymore. And um, when push comes to shove, as they say, um, you know, you've got all sorts of ridiculous situations now, which the public can see. And I'll lead this into the next part of where we're going with our chat uh, with Ronaldo, because Ronaldo, um, you know, you can see he's still a good player. Well, great player. He scored a hat-trick, which we will probably mention later on when we look back at the Premier League. And then, you know, you can see that uh, Rangnick must be off his head if he really thinks that you expect a player like uh, Ronaldo to do this pressing game. You know, by all means, let the rest of the team press. But, you know, if you've got somebody a bit older, but such a lethal striker, I mean, he's lethal with his head, he's lethal with his feet, um, and basically, he is still one of the world's great players. But you have to manage these situations, and I think, quite honestly, um, that's where Manchester United have problems, although I've got to also add in another little thing that's come up this morning, Rob, so I wasn't able to tell you about this. Um, Pogba's home apparently was burgled while the match was on, and uh, now that's the second of the Manchester United players who have had their ho- homes robbed. Um, I mean, if people know they're on the TV, then obviously the opportunist, is, the opportunist will, will break in and avail themselves of um, what they can find in other people's houses, uh, which is horrible. I mean, I, I, I'm not a Pogba fan, but I'm not a fan of people breaking into the house of anybody, never mind Pogba. Anyway, um, what do you think? Manchester United, um, is Ronaldo an asset or is he a liability? What do you think? Well, it's very difficult to say in St. Vince. Uh, he scored a hat-trick last weekend and he, they were brilliant goals, as we'll, we'll speak about when we, when we go through a Premier League review. They were absolutely brilliant goals, but he doesn't play as a team member. 
Rangnick came in after Cristiano was already signed because he, he signed under um, on the, on the previous manager. Yeah, so, so and, yeah, and it, it, they don't get on. There's some they don't they don't they don't seem to work as a team. And when he plays, Cristiano, when he comes out to play, he plays really well, doesn't he? Those three goals he got at the weekend were absolutely brilliant. But um, when when they played against Atletico Madrid, he was on the pitch, but he wasn't to be seen anywhere. Um, it's it's difficult for me to say, but I, I don't think he'll stay there. I think he'll probably um, retire and possibly from from playing because I don't think he'll go to one of these sort of like um, other countries where where they just pay people lots of money because they're stars and things. I, I can see Cristiano going into management myself. Well, look, I, th- I think he, I think I, th- I think he's got that kind of mentality. I think he's really he's still dedicated. Um, he's still he's, he's still brilliant, but I, I can see him going into management. He, he's brilliant, but not five hundred thousand pound a week, half a million. Pounds oh, no, 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 no. Brilliant, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It, it, and that's the problem. The, 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 yeah, the, the money situation, we, as we always talk about, we, we all agree on. It's just out of all proportion, isn't it? He's, nobody's worth anything like that. But as a football player, um, he he's phenomenal, isn't he? he? He's brilliant. But yeah, when we talk about the money side of it, it, it just becomes completely out of all proportion. Yeah. Okay, well, look, um, we'll go next to a nicer one because Christian Eriksen, um, he, of course, uh, you'll tell us a bit of the background as to what happened in the Euros in France. And um, he, he is back in the, Den- the Danish squad. So give us the background on uh, Christian Eriksen. Right, well, Christian Eriksen is a Danish footballer who has played in Premier League before. But he was playing in in a German team, and he um, in the first match in the Euros, the first match that Denmark played, they played against Finland, and he had a cardiac arrest in the middle of the match, and it was a serious full-on situation, wasn't it, Vince? It was he, he nearly he could have died. They managed to save his life, which is really good, and. Now, eight months later, he is back playing again. He's playing for Brentford, and he he actually set up the Brentford's first goal the other day when they won, which we'll speak about later on. But he's been called back to the Danish national team, which is really a triumph for the man and for humanity itself, I would say, because what he must have gone through... And he's going through, and he looks as fit as a fiddle, doesn't he? I mean, he plays really well. It looks like nothing ever happened to him. And in the situation that we're in at the moment worldwide, then I think he's a he's a great example, and we we all have a lot of respect for him, don't we? Well, so much so that uh, when they were playing Norwich, there was a young lad playing fullback, and uh, Ericsson actually, I think he fouled him 
the young fullback yeah. fell on top of him. And because he was going to punch, he was gonna punch he, him. He wasn't was, he? wouldn't he? And then, but then he realised it was Chris. He realised it was Christian Eriksen, and he he sort of hugged him. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That was a very was going was going was was going in, and he was going to punch him. But then he realised who it was. It was a lovely moment, actually. <laughs> oh, lovely moment. However, he shouldn't. I don't think, and he won't be given the that sort of benefit of the doubt, if you like for that long because he is a, he is a professional football player and he does show what he can do on the pitch but it's really great to see him back isn't it Vince and to see that he's back in the um, selection for Denmark uh, it's a positive star isn't it mate let's face it with everything negative going on in the world um, we all saw what happened and now we see him back playing again I, I, think, it, I think it's a great story that it is Okay, well, uh, last night and on Monday night, we had two very important games in the Premier League. First of all, uh, we had um, the uh, Manchester City game. Now, Manchester City, of course, uh, we did. Th- they, they, we thought that Crystal Palace would give them a difficult game, um, but we did think Man City would win. However. Man City only drew. Now, this is terrible to be talking about a top team, uh, probably the best team in the world, and criticising that they only drew. But um, it's now the question that the next game for Liverpool would maybe narrow the points down to just one point. And, of course, Liverpool played Arsenal last night. And it was a Liverpool win. And so we have a one-point difference. People already are talking about um, titles being won. However, I think that it's all premature. Anything can still happen. I think that, for my money, we could even find that the league is cancelled this year. I mean, there's nothing is off um, the table because the, the world is so different, so changed. So... Keeping it clearly and focused on the football matches, let's go first of all to Man City against Crystal Palace. Now, uh, did you see the game? What did you think of it? Or certainly comment on the result. Well, it was a nil-nil, wasn't it, Vince? I didn't actually see the game because I was watching um, Champions League matches. Um, City have dropped points. And as you just mentioned, now Liverpool on the 29 matches, both of them, there's only one point difference between them. Um, and they have to play each other, which could be the crucial match, couldn't it? That could be the crucial match, and it probably will be. Well, um, it, it could be, but the thing that I think I keep in mind, Manchester City have got the point in hand. So they only need to draw and win every single game. And if Liverpool did manage to win every single game... Um, they would win. So but they have to they they have to play each other, Vince. That's, yeah, yeah, but that's the, a... yeah, but what I'm saying is, if it's a draw, then Man City have won if they can win all their other games. Oh yes, so... oh yes, 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 yes. It's, it's it's all up for grabs. Um, it's it's going to be a really interesting interesting end to the season, isn't it? Um, I wouldn't like to predict. I, well, I, I don't would like Liverpool. But um... I don't think we should because uh, I think this is where it all goes wrong because we know from the Premier League predictions that if you try to apply logic, you'll come unstuck. Now, if you look at the football that's being played, 
Man City look always imperious. They look as if they're going to score goals. Liverpool, you're sitting on the edge of your seat wondering if and when and who. Whereas with City, uh, the biggest question mark that seemed to come from that game was why did not Sterling come off the bench? Um, You know, De Bruyne is there. He's brilliant. Uh, he's also on 400,000 a week. And uh, basically, you know, you're going to bring on somebody who's probably on about uh, 350,000 a week, something like that. So, I mean, there's £750,000 worth for one week. And they didn't score against Crystal Palace. This is the, uh, the absolute hypocrisy. Um, inequality of life that's going on that sometimes people forget. We've talked about two players and the best part of a million pound being paid and yet they didn't score in that particular game. One, uh, because uh, Kevin De Bruyne, obviously people were keeping an eye on him and uh, because uh, the manager didn't bring on um, Raheem Sterling I mean, the the money is obnoxious to me now, totally and utterly obnoxious, which takes away sometimes the joy of watching our great game being played. Um, I still don't understand how people can defend people getting that sort of money. Uh, the, the answers often are given, well, you know, people in companies, um, the, the chairman earn that sort of money. Yeah, but each one of those players is not the chairman. Each one of those players only plays well because of the other players in the team and the manager that manages to gel them together. Um, I don't know. Am I letting it spoil the football? No, I sit and watch it and enjoy it. And does that make me a hypocrite? Yeah, in some ways it does. But then if we went down and watched uh, League One or League Two and we did the same podcast, I think we'd put the same amount of effort and interest into it, wouldn't we? Oh, we would, definitely. Um, because we, we we love the game and we comment on football in general. But when when we talk about the, the, the wages situation, the financial situation, as always, Vince, we always agree on it. It is just completely out of proportion. But when it actually gets down to playing on the pitch, which is what I enjoy, um, I enjoy watching what's actually happening on the pitch, then that is the essence of football, isn't it? If we if we were talking about Sunday League football, we'd still be as enthusiastic about it as we are about talking about Premier League or the or the the World Cup or anything like that. Because what what we actually do, we enjoy playing the game and watching the game and all these financial things that go on in the background and all the that kind of shenanigans go on. Um, we need to discuss because it's important, but we are actually interested in watching what goes on the pitch and, and appreciating the skill of the players. Great cue, because I'm going to bring in your Rob's La Liga jingle. La Liga Roundup with Rob Daniels. So we're off to La Liga, the Spanish Premier Division, if you like. And uh, Rob will tell us about that. And we have El Clasico. That's the big one. And Rob's telling us about it. OK, over to you, Rob. Right, Vince. Well, yes, um, we're talking about La Liga now. And the situation at the top of the table 
hasn't changed really very much um, since we spoke last week. Real Madrid um, are well ahead. And we've got Sevilla in second, Barcelona in third, but they're not going to win it because they're too many points behind. They won 4-0 at the weekend in Barcelona. But what we've got this Sunday is we've got um, one of the classical matches, which is a massive match worldwide, not just in Spain. You can watch it in the UK. You can watch it basically anywhere. Um, and it's this time it's Real, Real Madrid at home against Barcelona. And this is a bragging points kind of game. Now, Gareth Bale might play because um, Benzema, the, the number nine for Real Madrid, he, he got injured in, in the previous match and he might not be fit to play. So Gareth Bale might play and he is still getting paid the same amount of money as he was getting paid beforehand. And he's only played one match this season so far. They've got a choice of who they can put instead of Benzema. But who's going to win it? I would say it's, it's El Clasico. And it's it's on, on Sunday night, Sunday the 20th of March, at 8 o'clock European time. Um, anything could happen. But I would say Madrid are going to win it. What, what do you think? Do you think Madrid will win it? I do think so, because I think, it, especially yeah. if Benzema plays, if you've got Gareth Bale up your sleeve, you've also got some other great players that... Uh, oh, they, you, they, they've, got, they've got a list of people who can play in that position. But then. again, let's get the perspective, because this is why I think our podcast becomes more important. You mentioned about Gareth Bale playing about once during the year. All right. He's, he, only played, he's, only, he's only played once this season. Okay, yeah. so he's got an injury, whatever. What sort of money are we talking about for him sitting on a bench every week of his uh, footballing career? He gets, I think, about half a million pounds a week or something like that. Okay. Now, when he went to Spurs last uh, on loan to Spurs last season, um, that Real Madrid paid most of his wages and Spurs paid... The, the rest of his wages. But now he's basically sitting there on the bench and he's getting all of his wages for basically sitting there on the bench and not doing anything. He's only come on once and he hasn't scored. But well, which is potty. I mean, it's like... It's absolutely madness. It's absolute madness. But, but it's really? like Barcelona who can't afford money because they practically were going bust um, they're still paying, I think, uh, something like um, 250000 to to um, Aston Villa every week because of Coutinho playing for Aston Villa. Uh, I mean, Exactly. And then Barcelona are now looking to buy Mo Salah from Liverpool for who knows what amount of money. And, and apparently Barcelona are on the, on the verge of bankruptcy. So how it all works behind the scenes and how they get away with these kind of manoeuvres, Vince. I really have no idea. But it has got out of all proportion, hasn't it? Um, well, completely. It, it's like it's like if you asked any other business to run on the sort of overdrafts that they give the football clubs, then, you know, uh, the economy would be totally and utterly spent. I mean, y you can understand why capitalism is discredited. However, I think uh, what we'll do now, we'll go to the, um, the, the Premier Review 
Uh, we've got the predictions ahead, so let's yep. see uh, when we look back on last week's games. And we start off um, when Southampton were playing Newcastle. You thought Southampton would win. I thought it would be a draw. We were both wrong. Newcastle won. Two one, and they look well. They 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 were worthy of that win, actually. Newcastle are completely they're a completely different team, aren't they? Although it's still the same players, basically. Um, Newcastle are going to stay up. They might even end up in the in the top half of the table. And they were they were the they were the bottom, were they? Um, just before Eddie Howe took over. No, no, no! Just before the before the Arab money arrived. Let's get this right. Um, well, yes, you know, but, but, yeah, of in, course, in the order that yeah, but the Arab money arrived and they out took over and and of course Eddie, um, Eddie Howard is a great manager. I like I like Eddie Howe by the way. So do I. I, th- I think he's really taken it. it I, I, well, he's he's, he's rejuvenated the Newcastle team, hasn't he? He's got them to where they are now. Uh, they're not going to go down. But. Uh, let's go straight then. Uh, we both saw Wolves beat in Watford. Let's go to Leeds next because this is more relevant to you. Uh, for me as a, a friend of Rob, uh, obviously, um, I didn't want to say that I thought Villa would beat Leeds, but they did. It was 3-0. Um, and Rob always tells me that, that uh, Leeds will win, but that is because he won't look critically at his team. Rob, uh, I think there are signs that you could stay up. I don't know whether I've got it right, uh, but um, I, I watched Banford miss a couple and I thought, well, you know, when he sharpens up, they'll, they will benefit. What did you think? Well, um, we got beaten fair and square by Villa, basically. Um, I wasn't expecting that either. And we were at home. But... Um, we beat Norwich at the end of the day, right in the well, which we'll speak about when we talk about the Leeds Norwich match. Um, Bamford, you can see that he's rusty. We they just can't hit the back of the net. Um, but I don't think we'll go down because I think the new manager Jesse March. I, I think we are better than some of the other teams. Well, um, well, stay with the Norwich game now because that was the second yeah. game a couple of days later. Uh, Leeds, uh, we both thought would win. Oh no, you you thought Norwich would win this one, didn't you? No, I had it down. For, I had it down as three 0 to to Leeds. Okay, <laughs> I wrote it down the wrong way then. Okay, well yeah. I I put down uh, that Leeds would win as well. Uh, so we did get that one right. But having said that, you see, I quite like Norwich as well. I, I, I feel a bit sorry for Norwich because. Um, basically, to have somebody who's a, a cookery expert who's prepared to sing out of tune in front of millions of people uh, while all her players look resplendent in their green and yellow kit um, brings a little bit of character to the league. I do feel a bit sorry for Norwich. They, I mean, they have been an entertaining team, the same as Leeds have. Yeah, and and I I like Norwich as well. Actually, they 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 are entertaining, and they aren't as bad as their their points results are, in the sense that they do go out and play. Um, and yeah, some three teams have got to go down, Vince. Um, I hope Leeds isn't one of them. I think Norwich is one of the teams that are going to go down. But they'll be back up sooner or later. And it's one of these teams that, yeah, we all know and we all like to watch. 
But yeah, well, Leeds managed to get it in, and and it came to a draw. Leeds were winning, as you know, and then they scored, they equalised after full time, in time added on, and then we managed to get one back in and win it um, two one. It was a really bottom of the table match. It was really entertaining. Um, I'm, I feel sorry for Norwich supporters, but I'm really pleased for Leeds because we got three more points. We actually need to stay up. OK, well, look, uh, we didn't have such drama at, at Brighton because Brighton, of course, the Bucket and Spray, Spade uh, Brigade, they actually they do play nice football, but they're on a rather miserable run at the moment, which gave me yeah. the feeling that Liverpool would win. I didn't think we'd win it by big scores, but then again, that's we're grinding out the results because we have to win. If we don't win, then obviously it goes back in favour of Manchester City. But uh, I thought it was a good game, and I thought um, with us both seeing Liverpool would it, would, would win it. I thought it was actually quite a, um, it was quite a steady game. There weren't really many shocks. Like in all games, there's the odd chance which the other team don't take. And if you don't take it, then in the Premier League, it gets punished. Um, yeah, they're looking resilient as well, Liverpool. That's what I like. They, they look as if they can soak up the pressure. You know, when they played Arsenal, uh, same as in some of the other games during the year, they look as if they can handle the pressure. Uh, I like to see that. And, um, yeah, so uh, a workman likes uh, sort of result. What we'll talk about, though, is Brentford, because that's the bottom, the bargain basement, uh, where Burnley were the visitors. And we did really think that... um, I I thought Brentford would win it, but I put it down for a draw. Uh, You put it down for a draw. But really, Brentford look like a side again. Burnley look like the cloggers. In fact, I think he might have them playing in clogs. Um, Sean Dyche, of course, always prepared for any battle. He, he would be good running a battalion of troops, actually. But they didn't really perform that well. They've got this giant in the forward line who should be, I mean, he should just stand there and people should bang the ball off the top of his head and it'll go in the net. It's not happening. What did you think of that, that particular game? Well, that this was um, a rele- rele- relegation battle, really, wasn't it, Vince? And as we know, Brentford had a really good start to the season. This first time they've been in a f- top flight for 47 years. Burnley have managed to stay up for, I think, the last five or six seasons. But they're always in the relegation battle. And Sean Dyche so far has managed to keep Burnley up. Um, but... I- I, I can't see him doing it this time. Um, Brentford were going downhill. They won 2-0 against Burnley. And the three points, it was like a six-point to that one, wasn't it, basically? It was a relegation battle. Brentford move up the table. Burnley stay where they are. They've still got games in hand, but they've got a points deficit. And I, I'll, I'll be very surprised if Burnley can get out of this year. Okay, well, now then, uh, another game, another player. Spurs went to Brighton, Um, just like Liverpool. They overcame Brighton, but I'm more interested in the match when Manchester United hosted Tottenham Hotspur, because quite frankly, 
Um, some of these games are like cup finals now. You can almost see the players going up a gear. Um, Ronaldo was absolutely fan fantastic. He really was. Now, Kane... Yeah, he's scoring again and he broke uh, Rooney's record last night. So I think it, that makes him England's top goal scorer. Uh, but whichever way, he is filing on most of his cylinders again. But he didn't manage to bring his team to win at Manchester United. Um, it was a great win for Manchester United. I was pleased that they managed to show some form. And Ronaldo did roll back the years and... Quite honestly, after his row or alleged row with Rangnick, um, you know, he, he had a point to prove and he proved it well against a good team. But then again, Spurs play football. That's, I think, why these games are good. What do you think? Well, Cristiano got a hat-trick, didn't he, in that game? And he was, he, he was fed the balls, but he scored them and they were brilliant goals. Um, yeah, you, you can't take really anything away from Cristiano Ronaldo when he actually plays. Um, when he comes out to play, he's he's phenomenal still. But Spurs put a good fight, didn't they? And it only, well, it ends up Man United 3, Spurs 2. Harry Maguire, um, the Manchester United captain for the time being, he got an own goal which won't go in his favour um, because it was he, 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 he put it in the back of his own net. It wasn't just a, it bounced off him. He he should have not put it in the back of his own net. But yeah, Cristiano getting a hat-trick. Um, it was a really exciting match, I thought, and uh, well fought out between the two of them. And yeah, 3-2 three, three, to, to Man U. OK, for those people listening in that maybe don't know the geography as well as uh, we should do because we come from that country, uh, then round about half an hour's drive down the East Lancashire Road and you come to Liverpool and, of course, you've got a park with two great football uh, teams, one at either end with their stadium. Um, and, of course, uh, we talk often about Liverpool and now it's Everton's turn. Frank Lampard, the great Chelsea in England uh, player played for other clubs as well but you know that's where we mainly remember him from he's in charge Wolves were the visitors I thought Wolves would win I was proved correct and um, tough times for Frank Lampard it's not going to be an easy escape for him by the looks of things what do you think no you were, you were right actually I thought it would be a draw Vince and you predicted correctly that Wolves would win um, which from my Personal point of view, being a lead supporter is a good result because it means that Everton are below us still. But, um, yeah, Frank Lampard, he's got a very difficult struggle. Uh, if Everton go down, I, don't, I can't remember how many years it is since Everton went down, but it, it's it's one of the teams that you would expect to be at least fighting for a, a, a European place or at least in the top half of the division. This season, they're having a howler and they are, they're, they're in a very serious uh, relegation position at the moment, are they, Everton? Wolves, meanwhile, sort of keeping... Well, they've got the teeth back again. And you were right, they, they well, Wolves won. Um, Everton, I don't, I don't know. Well, it, well. It, it's interesting because um, when we go to the West Ham game, which is the next game... 
then we we look at the fact uh, that uh, Steven Gerrard is the manager of Villa, but of course ex-Liverpool player, possibly coming back to Liverpool in the future as a manager. But certainly West Aim, uh, David Moyes, managed Everton. So I've made the links really straight away. They would know each other quite well. Um, And Villa playing well enough to win that, I thought it would be a draw. I think you felt the same. And West Aim managed to uh, win 2-1. Now, uh, that, of course, makes you think, well, hang on. Both um, Steven Gerrard and also Frank Lampard, great England midfield players for the clubs and for country. You know, something tells me every now and again that when you look at management, managing players, it doesn't really matter how illustrious your career has been. You will always take that to the club and the first few games, players will sort of have the stardust in their eyes, whereas the reality sets in and, um, yeah, unfortunately, um, Stephen Gerrard's not been winning the last couple of games. Now, um, I've got to move on. And the reason why I'm saying this is because we've got predictions to make. And uh, I want to make sure that we have the chance to do these because we both enjoy looking back and seeing how we did. Uh, We have a game tonight. Everton are playing Newcastle. I see it. Newcastle will win this one 1-0. What do you think? I've got this one written down as well. Um, I think that Newcastle win it 0-1. I I think Everton are in a very difficult position. I can see Newcastle doing it 0-1. Okay, bear in mind that um, Eric thinks Everton will win this one 1-0. One, so uh, that... Uh, okay, 1-0 one, one to Eric, yeah. So I'll put that down. Yeah. And you think, Vince? I think it's 0-1, like yourself. 0-1 like I do, yeah? Yeah. Um, now we go to Friday night's football. Wolves, who we know are showing form, are hosting Leeds. My heart would like Leeds to win. My head tells me Wolves won, Leeds nil. What do you think? I think. Well, <laughs> I think it's going to be a two-all draw, Vince. Um, we we need the points, but as, as you say, we we are, we're not in a good position, and Wolves have got the teeth back. But I'll put it down as a two-all draw, Desmond. Okay, uh, so we go next to the Saturday games. We start with Villa playing Arsenal. Now, Villa have got to win. Arsenal also need to win, but it's not the same as got to win. I think Villa will win this one 2-1. I think this will be a draw as well, actually, Vince. I've got this down as a 2-2 as well, because I think Arsenal, they, 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 they want to get into the Champions League places. But Villa are a good team and they're at home, so I've got this down as a 2 all draw as well, Vince. OK, Eric sees it as an Arsenal win, 1-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go next to Man City-Brighton, having just entertained Liverpool and then uh, Tottenham and lost both. I really can't see Brighton winning this one, so I'm going Man City uh, 2 and Brighton nil. I'll go along with that. I can't see Man City losing this either, to be honest, Vince. Um, um, you know, we've also got the FA Cup um, quarterfinals this weekend Exactly, as well. exactly. But the thing yeah. is, 
Um, you know, we want to try and get all the Premiership games in. Norwich, Chelsea, I see. Yeah. Norwich, nil. Chelsea, three. I, I don't think they'll get that. that yeah, I, I, don't, I can't see Norwich winning it, but I think nil, three... I, th- I I would put it down as a one-two. I can't see Norwich winning though. No. Okay, we go to Burnley, Southampton. Uh, Burnley, not a nice place to visit unless you've got your scarves and uh, gloves, etc., woolly hats. Southampton, good on the road, but I still think it'll be two-two. I'll put Burnley down for to win this because Burnley need to win matches to get themselves out of the relegation zone. And it is a long way from Southampton, as you say, up to uh, Burnley. They don't like the skates up there, so they'll... they'll. I, I can see Burnley actually winning this 2-1. OK, Spurs host West Aim in a big London derby. Um, 3-2 to Spurs. I think it'll be a draw, Vince. Um, I... I don't know why, but the way I've sort of looked at it, it's a London derby. Both teams are going quite well at the moment. West Ham really would like to win it, but they, they're not likely to win it. Score. Um, I'll put it down as a 2 all draw. OK. Uh, Watford play Everton. But, but that's down in the basement again. 2-2 two, two for me. Yeah, that's down in the basement again. Um, a draw for me would be the perfect result um, because it means that they only get a point each, whereas if Leeds win, we get three points. So I'll put it down as a draw, a 1-1. One, one. OK, Leicester-Brentford, 2-2. Um, two, two. I think Leicester... I, I've got it down as a 3-1 to Leicester. They're not having a good season, and Brentford are on the... They've picked up again, haven't they? But I I can't see Leicester losing this at home. They've got Jamie Vardy back now. And I've, I've got it now as a 3-1, Vince. OK. Uh, right, if that's the case, uh, the next one we go to is... Um, Leicester-Brentford. I see that as 2-2. Right, I, I, I've got it down as a 3-1 Okay, to Leicester. Yeah. <laughs> Just testing myself to see if I'm awake. I was doing two things at the same time, which I shouldn't do. Newcastle Palace, 1-1. One, one. Newcastle at home, the former on at the moment. I think they'll do it 3-1. Okay. And I, I, think, I, think, I think Newcastle are on form, and if they're playing at St. James's, they're going to have everybody behind them. And I, 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 th- I can see him do it 3-1. OK, FA Cup now. Uh, so what do you think of the ties for the FA Cup? Well, we've got this weekend coming up. We've got Middlesbrough against Chelsea, Crystal Palace against Everton, Southampton against Man City, and then we've got Nottingham Forest against your team, Liverpool. I would like what I would like to see. Um, I would like to see Middlesbrough getting through and beating Chelsea because there's only one match. There's no, um, if there's a draw, it goes to extra time and then it goes to penalties. I would like to see Middlesbrough going through beating Chelsea. I would like to see Crystal Palace beating Everton. I would like to see Southampton beating Man City. And 
with all due respect to you, Vince, and I'm, I'm sure you would agree with the way I think about this, I would like to see Nottingham Forest get through and beat Liverpool so that you've got at least two championship teams in the semi-finals. Um, and Klopp often plays the youth team, doesn't he? He often plays the young the young lads who need to have a run out yep. in the cup matches. And if Forrest are playing at home, let's face it, Forrest, Nottingham Forrest is, is one of these teams that everybody remembers. I don't want to see you out of the, out of the cup, but I, I would like to see Forrest through, to be honest. And Middlesbrough. Okay, so we've had uh, the hearts drunk strings tugged at. Let's go for <laughs> let, let's go for a realistic scores. So the first one, Middlesbrough versus Chelsea. Right, hearts strings tugged. I'll put it down as a win to Chelsea. I'll put it down as a one-three to Chelsea. Okay, and I think it's going to be a very close one, nil-one. I think Middlesbrough, whichever way, might go to extra time, but uh, they've shown great resilience in this competition. So, oh, the, the game, the game against the game against Spurs was really good, wasn't it? Middlesbrough are in there for the fight. Okay, Palace versus Everton. Score. I think Palace will do this. I think Palace will do this 1-0. OK, I've said uh, Palace 2-1. Southampton, Man City. It's the cup, isn't it? Um, I think that but it can't be a draw, can it? After 90 minutes, I would say a draw. Go to extra time. Man City win it on penalties. But if we go into 90 minutes, I'll put it down as one all. OK, uh, so I... We can't, we can't have a draw at the end of the match, but in the 90 minutes, I'll put it down and then I'll put Man City to win in the extra time. OK, and Notts Forest versus Liverpool? Realistically, I think it's going to be probably uh, 0-3 to Liverpool and best of luck to Forest. Yeah. But that's that. Realistically, I, I, I can't see Liverpool losing it, basically, but they might do... And Listen, it's the, any, cup. It's the uh, cup. It's the yeah. cup, isn't it, Vince? It's the cup. Anything's possible, especially yeah, in this very... In the cup, anything can happen. And in this weird world that we live in, in you know, I think that's the other thing, because quite frankly, um, with some of these things that you see on the television before your very eyes, you think to yourself, um, you know, it, it's that's a strange decision. The referee obviously is... Hang on, I think there must be loads of brown envelopes flying around uh, the universe at the moment. Okay, Rob, well, I, look... Um, I, th I think I think the brown envelopes are probably a thing of the past. I think it's more like now um, bank transactions, clandestine things. Th yeah, there's, there's, there is um, so much going on in the world and also the world of football that you don't know who to trust, do you, really? But... We try to put forward our points of view. And... Rob, it has to be brown envelopes because otherwise it'll be traced. That's the problem. I mean, that's the wickedness of all, everything that goes on. You, you know, uh, you're not going to tell me that when you've got a huge match and you've got somebody getting paid something like a £1,000 for the game and everybody else getting paid huge amounts of money and the betting that's coming from China and Saudi Arabia and other places around the globe... No, brown envelopes for me. Rob, that's it for the week. Catch you next week. 
Okay, Vince. Uh, pleasure to speak, and we'll speak soon.